Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and life. I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I'm in the studio with my beautiful wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, honey. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's beautiful outside, and that always energizes me. I love being outdoors in the spring. <laughs> yes, it is. It is beautiful with the sun shining. So I'm excited about our topic today as we continue um, the series that we began on what true forgiveness looks like. But I want to remind our listeners that um, before we started this two weeks ago, the podcast before that we did on bitterness, how bitterness destroys you. And that was such an incredible podcast because we talked about three different ways that it destroys you as a person, not just how it's affecting those around you, but what it does to you. It causes you to rewrite your past. It causes you to distort your present and it causes you to curse your future. And this was really eye-opening to a lot of people. That's the feedback we got on bitterness in their lives. So I encourage you, go to that, and that will kind of set the table for what we've been talking about on what does true forgiveness look like. And if you remember, Jenny, a couple of weeks ago when we did that first one, um, we started talking about what forgiveness doesn't look like because of all the misconceptions or the myths that people believe and the questions that we get um, with our ministry. And we spent the whole time talking about what it doesn't look like. So I want to recap those real quick, and um, and then we'll get started with today's. But um, the first thing that we talked about, it, it does not mean, true forgiveness does not mean forgetting. So often we think that if I'm forgiven someone, if I'm thinking about it, or the memory comes back or something, then I must not have forgiven them. And that's not true. I also have people that will come to me, and I'm sometimes men, especially with my men's four days to freedom, they'll say, you know, I shared these things with my wife, and uh, I just don't think she's forgiven me, and it's been six months or a year. And oftentimes I know what that means. What that means is they want to talk about it, that there's still questions, there's still something unresolved, and they're equating that to forgiveness, and that's not true forgiveness as you're going to see today and hear today as we talk about it. Another one that we mentioned was forgiveness does not mean removal of all the consequences from the person who's done the wrong. And um, another one was forgiveness does not mean that you put the trust in the other person completely. And um, another one was forgiveness does not mean you just pretend it never happened. In other words, the wrong was done. The hurt was real. And you just can't pretend that it's not there. Um, another one was forgiveness does not mean that you're instantly healed of all emotional pain. And I think that was a clear one in our own lives as uh, from the years of me coming clean with you, Jenny, and the the um, pain that you walked through for days, weeks, and months, really, until um, we got to a place to where you finally began to get some relief even from the emotional um, side of that. And the last one I think we talked about was that uh, forgiveness does not mean there'll be reconciliation in the relationship. Uh, reconciliation takes two, and it was important to see that just because you've forgiven someone does not mean that that relationship needs to or has to be reconciled or can be reconciled, especially if the other party's not interested in that. But you can forgive someone irregardless of reconciliation. But today I want to turn it, Jenny, and let's begin to talk about, give our listeners an idea of what does true forgiveness look like. So why don't you start that off? What do you, what would you say, Jenny, um, is what true forgiveness looks like? Well, what true forgiveness does look like is, number one, it's a process. It's a daily choice. 
But it starts with uh, the definition that I believe is the most accurate definition of forgiveness. And it's, you choose to release the other person who has wounded you into God's hands. And you no longer are trying to demand payment for the wrongful deed that was done against you. So really, Paul, I believe that forgiveness, true forgiveness, is an attitude of the heart. Hmm. That you're, you're forgiving them. You're not trying to extract payment for a deed that was done against you. But it doesn't mean, like what we said in the earlier podcast, it doesn't mean that you can't talk about it. It doesn't mean that you don't think about it. It doesn't mean that you're going to automatically be healed of all uh, pain. And it doesn't mean there aren't going to be consequences. All of those things are part of the process. So I can choose to forgive you. But we still have to walk through this process. And in that process, I'm not trying to retaliate. I'm not trying to get revenge. I'm not, you know, it's an attitude that I have. But that doesn't, again, mean that there aren't consequences. That's the consequences are part of the process. And so I really do think forgiveness is an attitude of the heart. And it's something that we have to to really make a conscious choice daily that I'm going to walk through this offense with this person, not trying to extract payment. Because the truth is, most of the time, you can't pay that person back. You know, if there's a situation where there's been money stolen or something like that, then maybe so um, in those type of situations, there can be a payment made. But when there is emotional pain, you really can't pay someone back. Yeah. You know, uh, you lied to me for 14 years of our marriage. You deceived me. Uh, you hid from me. All those things. How are you ever going to pay me back for 14 years? You couldn't. Mm. So I could spend the rest of my marriage demanding payment from you. Pay me, pay me, pay me. Or I could release you into God's hands. I could say, God, I'm no longer going to try to extract payment from Paul for the emotional pain that he's caused me. And Lord, I want you to help me to have the right attitude of forgiveness towards him so that we can walk through this process of hmm. forgiveness. Yeah, that's an incredible definition. And as you say that, let's just kind of talk about a husband and wife for a minute. Let me ask you a question. Um, in other words, uh, two spouses, maybe where there's been infidelity or some other hurt or wound. But why, I guess, why would why is it human nature almost to want to extract that payment back? In other words, what is it that... Is it the pain so deep? In other words, what is it that maybe that we're looking for that causes us? Because I know it's a natural reaction. I do it, and um, when someone hurts me, and that's my first thought. But why? Why do we typically go there? Well, I think as women, when there's been uh, pain in the marriage, there's this false sense. It's also um, motivated by fear, and this false sense that if they don't pay, they'll do it again. Hmm. And wow. so. Um, you know, and it's, you don't want to let them off the hook per se, you know, like if I just easily forgive and I just let go and release them to God, well, then they're going to come back and do it again. So a lot of times it's fear driven. And um, so they think that's going to be a, make them safe. Yeah. They think it's going to make them safe and it's going to keep it from happening again, which isn't true. Hmm. And so, um, Again, going back to what forgiveness doesn't look like, you know, if I choose to forgive you, there still needs to be consequences or there has to be consequences, or I shouldn't say has to be, but there probably needs to be some consequences so that we can make our marriage a safe place. And so part of the consequences of you coming to me 14 years in our marriage and confessing all the stuff that was hidden, 
part of the consequences were that we had to set up boundaries mm-hmm. so that I could feel safe again. And we're we're going to do a podcast in the future on that. How do you set up boundaries? But but that's just part of the forgiveness process was for us to sit down and set up healthy boundaries. And so I remember in the beginning, you didn't like that because you felt like I was punishing you. And then you stopped and you said, no, I understand, Jenny, you don't feel safe now in the marriage. And so you need some boundaries that will bring safety to you and your heart. And, um, and they, again, there were healthy consequences. Hmm. What would you say then as far as that, um, in that definition, you use the word extracting payment. Um, and then you also said that sometimes through retaliation or other ways, kind of like payback. But um, what does that um, extracting payment typically look like? I know you, our ministry is what it is, and you have to deal with a lot of and work with a lot of women whose husbands have been lying to them, as I did, or unfaithful. So what does that typically look like, um, extracting payment, so to speak? Well, I'll just give a, for instance, of a case that I dealt with uh, a while back. Uh, with a young couple, and after they got married, she discovered that he had uh, cheated on her during their engagement. Extremely painful. Uh, It was very, very, very hurtful for her, obviously. And so he, you know, they didn't apply these principles. They didn't really come through our ministry and grab a hold of them. They came and attended a, a conference, but neither one of them were in a place that they really wanted to take a hold of what was being taught. Hmm. And so she was so angry about what had been done against her that she just was not willing to let go of the bitterness. And he, uh, because of that, you know, not blaming her, but now he had a reason to blame her. Hmm. So he could look at her and say, look, this woman won't forgive me and look how she treats me. So he became a victim of her bitterness. Hmm. And so he could balance his guilty conscience for what he had done by blaming her by the way she was treating him. And so for the next three years, I watched this young couple spiral out of control as she continually was seeking revenge uh, for what he had done. And I'll say here, he was not truly remorseful over his sin. He did not show signs of true repentance. He continued uh, in a spirit of un, you know, rebellion and just... Uh, Pride, absolute pride. He wasn't a humble, broken man. He was a very prideful, unbroken man. So I'm not excusing either one of them. Sure, right. But but neither one of them were willing to go to a place of humility. So three years later, their marriage has been a disaster, an absolute disaster. And so recently he asked her for a divorce, and uh, she came to my Hope Weekend for the first time. And at that Hope Weekend, God really began to grab a hold of her heart, and she began to see how she had held on to bitterness and continually tried to get payment for what he had done. And um, to answer your question, what does that look like? You know, she was just resistant to things that he wanted to do in the marriage. And anytime, you know, he would do something good, it really goes back, Paul, to that first podcast we did on this called About Bitterness, where it says it rewrites your past, you know, because she was so bitter, she would look back at the three years that they were, had been married or their mm. engagement, all that, and she could see nothing good mm. that had happened. Mm. And so then the next thing is it began to distort her present. So she couldn't see anything good that he was doing. When he would do something good, when he would make an effort towards her, 
she was so bitter she couldn't accept that. And so then obviously it cursed her future and, you know, they're ending up in divorce. Um, but, you know, what is, what's good that's come out of that is she has really seen the error of her way. And she came to me recently and she said, well, during the Hope Weekend, as I went through this with her and the other women, she said, wow, that was me. I was the bitter, bitter wife who continued to try to extract uh, payment from my husband. You know, I wanted him to pay for what he had done to me. And now I am so sorrowful. I am so broken over what I did. And she really has really come to a place of brokenness. And she's gone back to her husband and begged for forgiveness. Uh, she's written out everything that she can think of, of how she was trying to make him pay. Hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, at this point, he's not willing to become a broken man. And he just wants out of the marriage. But here's... Here's the good point. I have hope for her. Right. God's going to redeem this young woman, and he's going to redeem her life. She, he's put her on a great path of success and prosperity for her future. Uh, he's going to do good things with her. Sad story that it ended in divorce, but good story that she's really grabbed a hold of Jesus in a powerful way. Yeah. When I think of that extracting payment aspect of forgiveness and, and refusing to go there if you're going to truly forgive someone— um, I think, like bitterness, that does destroy you. We think it's going to hurt the other person. It's going to make us feel safe. Um, there's going to be this sort of payback for what they did. But the truth is, it's going to destroy us. And I can't tell you, sadly, how many times we've seen a, a couple that's um, been unfaithful, uh, where one spouse has been unfaithful, and then as soon as the spouse it gets discovered, found out, or confessed, the other spouse runs out and does the same thing because they're going to pay them back. And it's not. Yes. It just leads to more sorrow, more pain. And um, it's it's what we normally run to, but it's got to be looked at. True forgiveness um, does not mean extracting payment. But then again, on the other hand, I've seen women who have chosen to forgive their husbands, and they're walking through the process of forgiveness daily, every day, walking through that process. But again, part of those the consequences that came were that the husbands had to move out for a time being, uh, for safety for the wife. Uh, and I'm thinking of a case right now where the wife asked the husband to move into the basement. Uh, she just needed a safe place to be able to walk through her emotions and think through things and get her head together. And so, again, um, she wasn't trying to extract payment from him. It was an attitude. She wasn't like, you dirty dog, you're out of here. I want you out of this house. You know, it was, I need to have a safe place. I need to be able to think through this. I can't sleep in the same bed with right. you. It's too much. And so that's not not forgiving. Mm -hmm. That's working through the process. Well, what about in a situation um, like you just said in that example um, where, let's say, a guy does want to be forgiven. In other words, he's sorrowful, he's, he's come clean, or it's been exposed. He wants to walk through it. But uh, a spouse is wanting payment extracted. In other words, they're wanting to punish them, and, and rightly so, and I understand that. But Because um, I'm reminded of, uh, of one scenario of a guy that, um, yeah, had been unfaithful to his wife. And, um, and it was very, very hurtful, and she was mad, and who could blame her? And she, for quite a long time, she was punishing him, in other words. And, and again, I am not condemning her at all, because that pain was very deep for what this man had done. But um, what I'm reminded of, of him, though, because he was determined 
Um, in fact, he came through my four days to freedom. He was determined to make it right at all costs for her. In fact, one of the comments that he said was, you know, I want to do whatever it takes for her to find healing. And if I've got to walk through this again and have her talk about it again or throw something at me again or whatever to try to extract pain, I'm not going to condemn her for that. I realize that I'm the one who's done the hurt and therefore I want to be there. And I know in our going back to when I came clean with you, that was one of the ways that I made it through that because, you know, whether you were trying to extract pain or not, you were hurt and you needed to talk about it. You needed to get it out. Um, and it took quite a, a while for us to process through because of the years of lying. But I remember telling myself to hang in there, that as Christ took it for me, I need to be willing to take it for you, that I had something to do. I may not have had 100% to do with the pain that you're feeling, but I've had 10%, 50% where Christ had nothing to do with my sin, but he took it all. And I remember I kept reminding myself of that. And to me, that goes back to humility. In other words, grabbing hold of humility and allowing it to govern your life um, when someone else is trying to extract uh, payment. Absolutely. Um, I can remember those times when I didn't respond well. I was very hurt. And so there would be things that would trigger me and the anger would flood me again. And uh, for me, the deepest pain was just the rejection of me as a woman. Because through all those years that you were lying and hiding, you were rejecting me as your wife. Uh, Emotionally, physically, uh, you were just totally shut out from me. And so there was, you know, times I'll admit to my listeners that there was times that I would fall into that trap of wanting to extract payment. And then I would catch myself and I'd pull back and I'd say, I can't, I can't do this. He can't pay me back. There's no way. And so I would change my attitude. And, um, but again, during those times that I was trying to extract payment, those, those glimpses of times when I would go there, I remember, Paul, you would always respond with humility. Um, I, I can't even think of a time that you didn't. I think there was one time, one time that you came to me and you said, uh, I don't want you to tell anybody about this. Mm-hmm. This is between you and I. Uh, we need to you know, not tell anyone else. We need to work it out. And I, I was kind of shocked by your attitude because it was... It was not a humble attitude. No, I was reacting. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, you. it was in the very beginning. And so I said to you, that's fine, whatever, okay, I'll deal with it on my own. And then within just like 20, 30, 40 minutes, you came back in the room and you humbled yourself and you said, Jenny, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I should not have said that to you. You need to get the help that you need to be able to process through this. And so you can tell whoever you want, and you actually went as far as to say, if you need to write it in the the newspaper, put it in the newspaper, then I'm willing for you to do that because I want to be free. Mm -hmm. That was amazing to me. And so, you know, you responded to my my. Uh, anger and my my reaction by coming back at first in a spirit of pride against me and boy that didn't do anything but cause us to rear up against each other but then you came back with a spirit of humility and then I also chose humility so absolutely right the key is humility right. and if we're going to get through this or you know whatever hurt or obstacle or pain that there is in our lives the key is always going to be humility and just like what that couple that you talked about a moment ago I remember he, you know, he devastated his wife years and years and years of um, sexual immorality behind her back and cheating on her. And so she was a very angry woman. And, you know, we've had 
uh, many women in the, her shoes at times. And the, ma- the way that he responded back to her anger was with humility. And so it didn't take long before this woman really was able to let go of the anger. And she was ready to come alongside that man and walk with him because of the way that he responded to her. Right. I remember um, when you started off, and you said it was a process, and I find that interesting. True forgiveness, what does it look like? It's a process. And I just want to reiterate part of this, because none of this is important. There's people that are listening that are still hurting. They feel that, well, I've got a spouse or someone who's hurt me, and they don't even want to reconcile. They don't want to um, make things right. In other words, they're trying to process through, but... um, to work through it, but I think it's important. Can you talk about that process a minute? Because you said sometimes, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, there was a time where it got easier for you to just forgive me on a daily basis. And obviously we're 14, 15 years out now, but in the beginning, I can't imagine. It must've been moment by moment. So is there really, is it a time stamp that you can, someone kind of puts, puts on it, we'll give it a year and you're going to feel better? Or is it the continual forgiving in time that gets better? What would you attribute that to? Well, Paul, I really break it down into to four steps, actually five steps, and uh, that I had to go through in order to be able to truly forgive you. And, you know, really, it wasn't just you. As I look back in my life, there were other wounds. You know, I, there, I was molested as a child. Um, I also had a horrible relationship with my father, mm-hmm. and I had deep wounds with my father that I had to forgive. And, you know, over years, there's been friendship issues where I've had to walk through these same five steps with friendships that I've had to forgive, you know. And so this is beyond just a marriage relationship. Uh, This, you know, goes into all of our relationships, five steps that I have identified that are necessary in order for there to be true forgiveness. And, um, you know, the first one that I saw was humility. And I'm just going to go through for the sake of time, those five steps. And I think in the next podcast, we're going to come back and actually walk you through those steps. But the first step is choosing humility. Um, without humility, you'll never be able to forgive. There's no way you can forgive if, if you're living in pride. So the first step is choosing humility. The second step is looking at our own sin. You'll never be able to forgive if you can't look at your own sin first and recognize, you know, where you've been wrong, your 10% or whatever your percentage of is in the, in the situation. And then three, uh, you've got to get God's perspective um, of the situation and of the person, being able to see through God's eyes. And then the fourth is you've got to break the victim mindset. As long as you see yourself as a victim, you will continue to live as a victim. Now, does that mean that you haven't been victimized? You haven't been hurt? Absolutely does not mean that. Yes, you've been hurt, but you can't live there. If you choose to continue to live there, you will never be able to forgive. If you continue to live as a victim of this person. Hmm. And then uh, the fifth step is being able to release them and then choose to honor or bless them. And so these are big steps. You know, I almost feel really guilty giving those five steps to our listeners right now because they're hard to do. And, you know, I would like to come back at a next podcast and be able to walk through what I teach my women on four days to hope of how to walk through each one of those steps. Um, 
But I also want to say, though, Paul, one of the big things that will block this is if the offender, the one who's done the hurt and the wound, is demanding forgiveness. Mm. When uh, If I go to you and I begin to demand that you forgive me, and it's on my terms, I want it my way, that's going to shut you down. I mean, it, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to forgive me if I'm demanding forgiveness. And so I think that's where sometimes we go wrong, is that we hurt someone, and then we look at them and just expect them to forgive us. And then we begin to demand that they forgive us. And we don't allow them time to walk through these steps. Right. And they not only walk through them, but process through it with them. And so I think the one who's done the offending has to stop and ask themselves, you know, I, I do want to be forgiven. I know I wronged you. I want to be forgiven. But I want to give you the time that you need to be able to process through this because since I'm the one that's offended you, I need to realize that um, I can't demand your forgiveness. Right. I'm asking you to forgive me. I I really want to be re uh, reconciliation in our relationship, but I need to allow you to walk through that and the process of that and what it looks like. But so many times I've seen another person who's offended someone come to them and start laying out their demands. You know, we see this in husband and wife relationships all the time. The husband says, you know, you need to forgive me. Well, he's demanding forgiveness. And then he starts to say, you know, well, if if you can't forgive me by this and such time, then we just need to go ahead and we need to file divorce papers. And it's all on his timeline. Uh, not, not just men, it's been women too. But he's in control of that. And that's not humility. That no. is totally not humility. So you've got to get an offender who's choosing an attitude of humility. And then the one who's been offended has got to take on a spirit of humility and an attitude of humility in order for you to be able to walk through this process of healing for there to be reconciliation. Right. Well, when we demand forgiveness from someone, that really is selfishness. It's all about us. I want my good life back. I want to be able to function without thinking someone's mad at me, whatever it might be. And it's like you said, the core of it is pride because a humble person will not demand forgiveness of another person. And that goes back to the way you responded to me in those early years is that you would always say to me, um, if I you know, had a, a moment where I didn't do well and I was angry again, you would always say, I'm sorry, I know that I deserve this because I, did, I have hurt you. And that spirit of humility would just cause me to just get quiet again, and then I would go to humility. And the same way with that husband that you talked about a moment ago is him coming to your Four Days to Freedom. That was really powerful. When he came to Four Days to Freedom, and he told the men, my marriage is probably going to end in divorce. Um, I, I don't have very much of a chance of my wife uh, wanting to continue our marriage. But at this point, I don't really um, want to, you know, I don't care about that. I want to do whatever it takes for her to heal. So I'm here to find out what I can do to help her heal, whether she forgives me or not, and whether she, you know, our marriage is restored. I want to do what's right for her and my children. 
That was a, a powerful statement of humility. And God did heal them. They're doing wonderful. They've served on our team now for almost going on five years. And so that spirit of humility that he had really changed that situation. And then her spirit of humility in allowing herself to walk through the process with him brought the healing that they needed. Wow, that is Good. So let's wrap it up today. Um, I'm excited now about the upcoming podcast where we're going to break down the steps, uh, practical steps you can take, um, you need to take in order to um, have true forgiveness in your heart towards someone else. But Jenny, um, you said it was a process, and I totally agree with that. What was the definition again that you said? Um, Remind our listeners one more time about that before we close. It's a process. It's a daily choice. And it's where a person who's been offended chooses to release the other person who has wounded them and into God's hands, letting God take over and stops trying to demand payment for the wrongful deeds that have been done against them. It's an wow. attitude. Wow, that's so powerful. And I'm going to put that down in the um, the notes of the podcast. So if you didn't get a chance and you're wanting to write that down, don't worry about it. Just look in the notes below the podcast and I'm going to make sure that's there. So Jenny, thank you again for today. It's been a really good um, message that we've been able to communicate. And as we wrap up, I think our listeners are getting a much better idea about what true forgiveness looks like. So as we end today, if you've got further questions or want to know more about Whatever Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website, or you can call us at 336-310-5050. And again, I thank you again for joining us today. And if you can, like us on Facebook and um, like us in iTunes, like us wherever you hear us. It helps us get the word out um, to those who need to hear more of these messages. So until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.